Okay. This time it's gonna keep recording the whole time. There we go. Anyway, oh, before we get rolling, look at this. Here's again Genesis to Revelation. You know, Alpha and Omega. You know, whatever you want to call it, beginning to end. It really is. That's what's so funny. The book of Genesis. Remember, it means beginning. You know, Eve. Her name. I mean, nobody could have come up with this and just said, well. 300 years ago because they wanted to fool the Americans. And, and as they say, religion, religion is the opiate of the people. We can just throw that all away because we have a history record here. We're not, we're not reading, you know, uh, the Mormon's book that Joseph wrote or whatever, all that kind of stuff, you know. This stuff is, wow. Matter of fact, before we even get going, I want you to see something. I was reading this and, uh, oh, you know. Just, just read your own Bible. Anyway, let's go to, it's 1 Kings, and David's real quick, because he was the first king right there, and he's passing away here in chapter 1. I want to go to, I think it's chapter 7. Let me see where it's at. This is Solomon. All right, Solomon built his own house. Let me back up. Chapter 6, it came to pass. Well, here's an interesting note. It's 480 years after the children of Israel were come out of Egypt. Well, wait a minute, that never happened. That's we have a problem when you read the Bible. The Bible thinks all this stuff took place. The history records said this is what took place. And so when you read the Bible, it's like fact. When you hear other people going, yeah, 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 oh, never happened. They've already proved that didn't happen. Oh, pfft. they proved it didn't happen? I don't think so. Anyway, this is Solomon when he built the temple. 480 years, chapter 6 of 1 Kings. Uh, after the children of Israel were come out of the land of Egypt. Wow, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign. Okay, in the month of Ziph or whatever. It's the second month. Uh, oh, excuse me, let me get, that's in the King James Version. Let's put it in the Living Bible. Watch this. Look how, look how easy this is. It was in the spring of the fourth year of Solomon's reign that he began the actual construction of the temple. Now we're with it. No explaining. i got to use some extra preacher talking. No, get it out of the King James Version just a moment. This was 480 years after the people of Israel left their slavery in Egypt. Okay. The temple was 90 feet. This is kind of cool, but anyway. Okay, so that was the design. But I'm gonna, I want you to show, something, I'll show you something right here. The 7th chapter, the 8th chapter, that was his place. Uh, the ninth chapter, 10th chapter, where was it at? Let's see, back up just a second. Was that where it was? Hold on a second. Is it Nogger? Oh, I passed it. I think it's 4th chapter. Yeah, there. look at this. Here's a list of King Solomon's cabinet members. Nah, everybody back then was such bozos, cavemen, and when they invented the wheel. Man, they invented the wheel the first second Adam was born, or whatever, when he was created. See, all that stuff's lies. It's not true. You can't go back and find... They had the monkey trials. The, The British were so wise. They checked all that stuff out, and they called the monkey trials. They found that that stuff was not apes. You know, it was sometimes it was a bone of a pig or something, but they call it the pelt man, whatever. And it's still in the textbooks, and it's been proven it's been wrong. But anyway, back to this. Here's a list of King Solomon's fake cabinet members. No, they weren't fake. Look at the list. This guy named Ariziah, son of Zadok, he was a high priest. Okay, Elphoreth, Ahijah, son. They were secretaries. Now, remember, you're not going to be able to go out here and say Solomon never existed. Oh, yeah, you will. You'll have a hard time doing that, you know. Did the king, did, was there ever a king named Solomon? Yes, there was. Wow. Okay. Jehoshaphat, look at that, was the official, look at that, historian in charge of the archives. Wow. Okay, I want to keep going. But anyway, that's why all this stuff here is you can back this up and go, wow, praise the Lord. I have confidence that my stories about Jesus actually took place. What's interesting is that uh, Jesus will refer back to these stories and he'll say, have you not read in the days of Abathar, the priest? <coughs> then that guy actually was there. He was. They were 
getting all over Jesus about your disciples are eating on the Sabbath day. They're, they're, they're taking that corn in their hands and they're working. No, 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 no. And Jesus said, don't you remember in the days of Abathar the priest when David, David's men came into the, he came to Abathar and said, have you got anything to eat in there? And the priest said, well, we got the holy bread in there. And so Jesus, he referenced, I mean, anyway, I'm just showing you these are historic things. Okay, now, let's go back here and show you the layout of the Bible real quick. Genesis, really great. I mean, once you, it's like when you give your life to Jesus, you believe him. Remember, Jesus quoted from Genesis more than any other book. Okay, all right, before Abraham was, I am. Uh, you ain't, you're not even 50 years old in the book of John that the people were accusing Jesus. And have you seen Abraham? Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. In other words, I was there before Abraham was there. Well, that's who showed up at Abraham's house. Okay. But anyway. Because see, Jesus said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. In other words, Abraham was excited that I showed up. Way out here in the New Testament. And remember, Jesus said, you are so mistaken. He said, I, he said this when they were saying there's no resurrection. He said, I am the God of, he said, he said, God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He didn't say he was the God. He said, you are so mistaken. Wow. Just the fact that he says, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're living somewhere. They're existing somewhere. They are. Well, there was the Lord. Okay. Anyway, so Genesis, obviously, uh, creation in six chapters, there's a flood. Oh, my gosh. It all starts over again. Actually, that was about 1,500 years later. Anyway, then you start watching a family tree from Abraham. And all the other nations are developing everything. Okay. All right, anyway, then they wind up going into uh, Joseph, the coat of many colors, and we talk about being blessed. Remember what happened to him? He was sold as a slave, and then all of a sudden, he is second to Pharaoh. Second to Pharaoh. And he's brokenhearted. He thinks he's never going to see his family again. All of a sudden, his brothers show up. What a story. Wow. Anyway, that's the tail end of Genesis. And then they're in Genesis, and then in Exodus it says, finally there came a Pharaoh that didn't know nothing about Joseph. Uh-oh. That's when it hit the fan. It went down fast. Moses is called up immediately, and he didn't want to go, you know. And they get out. Ex Exodus, they got out. Just like we referenced over here a moment ago, Solomon built that temple 480 years after they got out of slavery. Anyway, Exodus, they're on the way to the promised land. They build the, the tabernacle structure. It was a tent thing and got some guidance. Levi is Leviticus. It was how the Levites were supposed to operate in that thing. Numbers, they're on their way. Deuteronomy, remember they had to turn around and go back 40 years. Unbelief. Deuteronomy, they're there again. And it's a speech. They're at the promised land fixing to go over. Moses is fixing to die. And he gives this long speech. All right. Joshua, boom, in the promised land. By the 11th chapter, they have wiped out almost all the promised land. It was a great campaign. Now, I want to pick up at the last chapter of Joshua here. And then I want to show you what happened in Judges. Wow. Okay, here we go. All right. So let's go to, let's take, let's go to Joshua here. And we'll go to the last chapter. Chapter 1. Uh, here we go. Then Joshua summoned all the people of Israel to meet him at Shechem along with their leaders, the elders, officials, judges. So they came and they presented, presented themselves to God. Now remember, they are in the promised land. And boy, have they wiped everybody out. Wow. Joshua addressed them as follows. The Lord God of Israel says, your ancestors, including, see, this is why we can't have these fakes and fairy tales. They act like it was so. Your ancestors, Terah, he was about 10 down from Noah, okay? The father of Abraham and Nahor lived east of the Euphrates River. We'll just say they were across the Atlantic in Britain or whatever. Something more you can call it. It's, it was basically west or whatever. East. They worshipped. Look at that. This is key. They worshipped other gods. 
But I took your father Abraham from that land across the river and led him into the promised land. That, he's talking about the Lord. The Lord did. You know. Well, we want to be fair to these other gods. No, we don't. Remember, there's no such thing as another god. It's just a hunk of wood. Anyway. Gave him many descendants through Isaac his son. Isaac's children whom I gave him were Jacob and Esau. That was his two twin, brother, twin sons. Esau I gave the area of Mount Seir while Jacob and his children went into Egypt. Do you know... This is interesting. Esau was not the one that got the promise. But guess what? Just because he was a kid of Abraham, he got blessed. Tremendous. Praise the Lord. Anyway, then I sent Moses and Aaron to bring terrible plagues upon Egypt. Well, I thought that never happened. It did happen. At this point, it hadn't been but 40 years plus 7 years. It only been 50 years. I brought my people out as free men. Hallelujah. But then they arrived at the Red Sea. The Egyptians chased after them with chariots of Calvary. The Israelite, the Israelite, then Israel cried out to me, and I put darkness between them. And the, the story's there. It's tracking. Look at that. I brought the sea crashing in on him. It was a fairy tale. Well, boy, they sure keep rehearsing it as though it was real. Well, that's because it was real. Now, the reason Mr. Uh, Joshua's telling the story, here we go. Finally, I brought you into the land of the Amorites on the other side of the Jordan. Here they are. And they fought against you, but I destroyed them, gave you their land. Promised land. King Balak of Moab, the talking donkey story, he started a war. And he asked Balaam, actually Balaam was the one with the talking donkey, the son of Beor to curse you. But I wouldn't listen to him. Instead, I made him bless you, so I delivered Israel from him. Then you crossed the Jordan River, came into Jericho. Well, actually, that's when they went into Jericho, but they knocked out some kings before they got over there. All right, and you wiped out the Perizzites, Hittites, Girgashites, Hivites, Jebusites. Each in turn fought against them. Look, do you see how we're more than conquerors? Each turned and fought against you, but I destroyed them all. Now remember, Hebrews chapter 3 and chapter 4 reference this, talking about our life with Jesus today. We're more than conquerors. I don't care what you're facing. Don't sit there and say, well, I guess the Lord's put this cross for me to bear. There's no cross to bear. Kick it over. You're more than a conqueror. The cross you bear is turning from Jesus. Like, man, I'm getting persecuted for Jesus. I mean, uh, shoulder that cross. Don't worry about that persecution. Isn't this more fun to win? I'd rather win. Hallelujah. All right, anyway. I sent hornets ahead of you to drive out the two kings. Well, where did we hear that? Moses said it was going to happen. Wow. It was not your swords or bows that brought you victory. I gave you the land. So look at that. You didn't have to work for the cities you did not build. These cities where you are now living. Praise the Lord. Do I see that in my life? Oh, my goodness. Yes, I'm like, before I had a chance to pray about something, God already got it for me. If we ask about that and ask everybody, every one of us would have stories. Well, I do remember one time my washing machine went out and, so-and-so called me the other day and said, do you want a spare one? <laughs> it's like, where's all this coming from? Yes, hallelujah. Anyway, I gave you land you didn't work for, cities. You're, or, I gave you vineyards, olive groves for your food. You did not plant them. You know, so now here's where he goes. So revere Jehovah. Serve him in sincerity. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived among the Euphrates River. Now, why did he say put them away? They started collecting again. But if you're unwilling to obey the Lord, then decide, here's what it is. As for me and my house, I'll serve. This is where that statement came from. It wasn't a standalone scripture that we put on the wall and we don't understand the story. Oh, we do know the story. 
Will it be the gods of your ancestors beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites here in this land? But as for me and my family, like Phil was saying, if he had won that lottery, you know, I'm still going to serve the Lord. Okay. We will never forsake the Lord and worship other gods. For the Lord our God is the one who rescued us. Here he goes again, saying he did this. And he did. That's just the reason we don't have, uh, we're having trouble believing because we've never been told these stories. Thank God here we do. Okay. He rescued us from our fathers, from their slavery in the land of Egypt. He's the God who did mighty miracles before the eyes of Israel as we travel through the wilderness. Preserved us from our enemies when we passed through their land. He did. I mean, not a soldier died. We've seen some of that. It was the Lord who drove out the Amorites and the other nations living here. Yes, we choose the Lord. He alone is our God. But Joshua replied to the people, You can't worship the Lord God and worship those idols. Oh, man. Okay. For he's holy and jealous. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you forsake him, see, that's what it is. It's not sassing your mama. It's not having a bad attitude. And it's not doing other things. It's these worshiping these other idols. He will turn upon you and destroy you. For he has taken care, for, uh, even though he has taken care of you for such a long time. Oh, they say, oh, we choose the Lord. We've heard yourselves say it, Joshua said. You have chosen to obey the Lord. And they replied, we are witnesses. We promise, we promise, we promise. It's going to go to pieces in about 10 years. They're going to completely lose the promised land. Watch this. All right, he said, you must look at that. You must destroy all the idols you now own. These silly guys. Wow. I mean, it's, it, it, I, I can understand where they're coming from. They were told, oh, if, you, if you keep that thing, your crops will be good. And they had to make up their mind, wait a minute, Jesus already told me my crops would be good. But you know, today we hear stupid things like, are you going to trust the Lord if your leg starts hurting you and things go down? And we start learning how to take, you know, bad things that happen in our life. And we've quit reading our Bible. We started listening to this preacher on radio who still tells stories about how he, he grew closer to the Lord by all his problems. How does that match with the promised land. It doesn't. That's what prayer is about. When you have a problem, go to the Lord. Even if you think the Lord says no, go to the Lord and say, I still want it and you're going to get it. Praise the Lord. It's the greatest thing. Anyway, Joshua made a covenant with that day, with them at that day at Shechem, committing them to a permanent and binding contract between themselves and God, which they're going to break in a few minutes. Joshua recorded the people's reply in the book of the laws of God and took a huge stone as a reminder, rolled it. So see, they kept a record. They said, okay, by golly, you said you're going to do this. All right. All right. By the oak tree beside the tabernacle. Then Joshua said to the people, this stone has heard everything the Lord said, so it'll be a witness to testify against you if you go back on your work. Then Joshua sent the people away to their own section of the country. Look at that. So after this, he died at the age of 110. That's what Laura and some of us were talking about. We're going to be fine till the day we get out of here. We're not going to lose our memories. We're not going to be able to do some things. You can trust the Lord. Tell the Lord you like that and say, I want that. I want to be fine. I don't want to be a burden to my kids. I mean, just pray. Anyway, he was buried among his own estate at Timnasera in the hill country of Ephraim on the north side of the mountains of Geisha. I mean, we don't need that because it was a fake. No, it was real. Israel obeyed the Lord. Here it goes. Through the lifetime of Joshua and the other old men who had personally witnessed the amazing deeds the Lord had done. The bones of Joseph. Wait a minute. That's referenced in Exodus. When they left Egypt... Uh, Joseph had said, now he'd already been dead for several years. He said, when you guys leave, take my bones out of here. Now, why'd Joseph say that? 
They knew the promise of the promised land for years and years and years. They probably were thinking it never going to happen. But Joseph said it was. So anyway, so look at that. His bones, they brought them along when they left Egypt. They were buried in Shechem. In the parcel of ground Jacob had bought by the sons of blah, 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 blah. Okay, we know. Ah, uh, Eliezer, the son of Aaron, had died and was buried in the hill country. Okay, here we go. Boom, that's the end of that. Watch the historic line here. Next book in your Bible is what? Judges. After Joshua died. So now we see, now I know why, that guy, why the Bible was placed like this. Yeah, it's history. The nation of Israel went to the Lord to get his instructions. Now watch what they did. Because they still had some promised land still to capture. Which of our tribes should go to war first against the Canaanites they required? God's answer, Judah. And I'll give them great victory. Notice he didn't say, ah, y'all go out there and you really need to understand what pain's all about. Have you heard this before? People go, well, you know, I wouldn't have known the Lord if it hadn't been for my problems. Oh, please. Then God wasted his time creating a beautiful earth and creating Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve's who's the ones who messed it up, okay? You would have known the love of God if we had never blown it. God's answer came and said, I'll give them great victory. The leaders of the tribe of Judah, however, asked the help from the tribe of Simeon. Join us in clearing out the people living in the territory allotted to us, they said, and we'll help you conquer yours. So the army of Simeon, that's another, they were, remember there were 12 tribes, lots of people there. And the Lord helped them defeat the Canaanites so that 10,000 of the enemy were slain. Now, wait a minute, I want more details. How many of our guys did we lose? Obviously, it looks like there wasn't anybody. Wow. I mean, the Lord just said, I'll give you great victory. King Adonijah Bezek, whatever his name, he escaped. But the Israeli army soon captured him and cut off his thumbs and big toes. Hmm. This is what that king said. I've treated 70 kings the same manner and I fed them the same way underneath my table. And now I got what was coming to me. That's what he says. Now God's paid me back. And he was taken to Jerusalem and died there. Okay. Judah had conquered Jerusalem and massacred the people, setting the city on fire. Afterward, the army of Judah fought the Canaanites in the hill country. Notice they're, they're just pulverizing everybody. Then Judah marched against the Canaanites. Man, wiped them out too, destroying the cities of this, this, this. Later, they attacked the city there. I mean, they're knocking them out. It ain't going to last long because they're fixing to start worshiping idols. Who will attack against Deber? Caleb challenged them. Remember, there was Joshua and Caleb. That's that Caleb right here. Joshua died, but Caleb's still up. Whoever conquers it, I'll give him my, give him my daughter Achish as his wife. Caleb's nephew, Othaniel, the son of uh, his younger brother, Kenneth, he volunteered to lead the attack. Apparently, he was in love, wasn't he? He <laughs> conquered the city, and he won her as his bride. As they were leaving for their new home, she urged him to ask her father for an additional piece of land. Now, wait a minute. Where's the spiritual part of this? Where's the part that shows this can't be so? That's not in here. It is tracking historically. She just said, hey, Dad, uh, Caleb, that's my dad. Can we get some springs with our land we got? We got 40 acres here. Actually, they probably had about 1,000, 2,000 acres. Where she dismounted from her donkey to speak to Caleb. About it. He said, what do you want? I mean, it's just like Phil talking to Dominique. What you need, baby? You know? She said, you've been kind enough to give me the land. And gave, but, but please give me some spring waters too. So Caleb, or Phil, giving to Dominique, he gave her the upper and lower springs. Yeah, look at that. Women are trash. Women are treated like... Not real ones that are people that love the Lord. They take care of their daughters, don't they? Look at that. When the tribe of Judah moved into its new land in the Negev, the wilderness south of Arad, the descendants of Moses' father-in-law, members of the Canaanite tribe, accompanied them. They left their homes in Jericho, the city of palm trees, and the two tribes lived together there. Wow, a little more history there. Let's keep going and see what happens. Afterward, the army of Judah joined Simeon. They fought against here. They're going to wipe them out again. 
the city was named, look at that, Horma, meaning massacred. Well, how's that going to be something that never happened? The whole city was now called massacre. Wow. Now, remember, don't feel sorry for these guys. They're worshiping idols. They throw their kids to their god, Komesh, or whatever. You can look this stuff up, whatever. It's, it's, they had it coming to them. The army of Judah also conquered Gaza, Ascalon, Ekron, and their surrounding visit, uh, villages. The Lord helped the tribe of Judah exterminate the people of the hill country. Though they failed in their attempt to conquer the ones in the valley, they had iron chariots. Now, remember, don't worry about those iron chariots. There was a reason they had a little trouble there. They weren't trusting the Lord. Anyway, let's go. The city of Hebron was given to Caleb as the Lord promised. So Caleb drove out the inhabitants of the city. They were descendants of the three sons of Anak. Now those are giants. Let's keep going. The tribe of Benjamin, they failed to exterminate the Jebusites living in their part of the city of Jerusalem. So they still live there today, mingled with the Israelis. Now remember that, that can't be the Lord's fault. And actually, unfortunately, there was a lot of, well, just Read it for yourself. The whole tribe of Benjamin went gay. You know, the last two chapters of this book here, the book of Judges, same thing happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. It was, it was terrible. Just, they almost, the, 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 other, the other tribes, you can read it for yourself, they got so mad at what Benjamin did, the descendants of Benjamin, they were just all homosexuals. They tried to kill them all. And they wiped them out till seven, there was only 700 left. And then they all wept going, we've wiped out our brother. <laughs> we wiped out our brother tribe. We've lost the whole tribe. What are we going to do? And you can read what they did, whatever. But what Benjamin had done was, I mean, they killed this woman. They just raped her all night in the, let's see, this goes to 24. and 23, no, it's 22. Anyways, it's the second to the last chapter. They raped this woman all night long. And they didn't want her. They wanted this man. And they, it's just like the book of, uh, I mean, the story about Lot. They shoved this woman out there. And, then, and the other guy he was with said, I'll give you my daughter and we'll give you this man's wife. We'll just shove him out the door. Anyway, they raped her all night long. And she, her fingernails, it says, were in the threshold the next morning. And her husband says, get up, we got to go. And she wouldn't move. She's dead. He threw her over his donkey. He went to his hometown, cut her up into 12 pieces. Sent them out to all 12 tribes and said, we have got a problem. All of Israel knew this was horrible. They came together, 480,000 soldiers, and they said, tell us what happened. This guy said, okay, I came through Bethlehem. We've heard of that place. And said, I wasn't going to spend the night there. This man took me in. Then all the Benjamite men came out, and they wanted to rape me. And I stuck my wife outside and said, you can do what you want to with her. And then what happened was they, they killed her. Anyway, they got so furious. Anyway, they got their army together and they fought against the Benjamites. And man, they, they wiped them out. Anyway, only 700 left. Anyway, so that's the story. And it'd be like, what's the spiritual part of it? It's not so much spiritual. It was a historical event. So now we see, wow. Okay, here we go. So anyway, so don't worry about these guys failed to exterminate the Jebusites. Yeah. Anyway, as far as the tribe of Joseph, they attacked the city of Bethel, formerly known as Luz, and the Lord was with them. First, uh, first they sent out scouts who captured the man coming out of the city. They offered to spare his life if he'd tell them where the tunnel was. This is Judges chapter 1. Let me keep clicking here. I want to get to something here. They offered to spare his life and his family if he would show them the entrance to the passage to the wall. So he showed them how to get in. They massacred the entire population except for this man and his family. Later, that man moved to Syria, found that a city there named it Luz, as it is still today. Why do we go to that extent? Because it happened. It happened. 
The tribe of Manasseh failed to drive out the people in Bethshean, Tanak, and Dor, and whatever, and the surrounding towns, so the Canaanites stayed there. You say, well, why'd they, why, why? They still got pocket idols. That's what they were doing. That wasn't supposed to happen. In the later years, Israel was stronger, and they put the Canaanites to work as slaves, but they never did force them to leave the country. This was true of the Canaanites living in Gezer. They still lived among the, the, the tribe of Ephraim. Now, remember, the Lord told them, get them all out of there. Get them all. They're not doing it. The tribe of Zebulun did not massacre the people. Eh, let's be nice. Anyway, nor did the tribe of Asher just, uh, drive out the residents of Achai, Sadan, all these people, whatever. So the Israelis still lived among the Canaanites, and that's what the problem was. You know, you know wouldn't it be nice if we gave atheists here half time? Richard, your time's up. Let the atheists talk for a while. You guys would leave. But what if they made us? Well, that's okay. We want to give equal time. I need to really think about that because we could have been an amoeba, you know. You can't do that, can you? We couldn't have been. Okay. All right, here we go. So what do we got here? They didn't, all right, as far as the tribe of Dan, the Amorites forced them into the hill country. They wouldn't let them. What? Man, the Amorites are pushing back. What's going on here? The boundary between the Ammonites and the, uh, was at the ascent of Scorpion Pass, and it runs along the spot called the rock, continues from there. All right, boom, here we go. Uh-oh, here comes the story of what was taking place in Judges. Now, we just got a little history now. Look at this. One day, the angel of the Lord arrived at Bochum, coming from Gilead and announced to the people of Israel. Now, what did he do? He just basically said, Moses told you, you guys, if y'all went down this path, you've had it. I brought you, now this was a lie. No, it's not a lie. It's true. I brought you out of Egypt, the land I promised to your ancestors, and I said I would never break that covenant with you. Uh-oh. If, on your part, you would make no peace treaties with the people living in the land. They didn't do that. I told you to destroy the heathen authors. Why have you not obeyed? Well, it's okay, Jesus. You've got to be nice. You know, I mean, some people worship Buddha. It's all right. I know Jesus said, I'm the way and the truth and the life, but you know, you never know. Buddha, we're all going to get to heaven someday. No, you're not. It's Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. Isn't that right? Jesus said, no man comes into the Father but by me. Well, Jesus, you're just being unkind. Is he being unkind or is he telling you the truth? The bridge is out. You can go sailing 90 miles an hour and he's got signs saying bridge is out. Well, yeah, but Lord, we, we believe the guy across the road. He's from Buddha, and he says, bridge is fine. You will get killed. Isn't that right? If, see how that could be? If you on your part make no peace treaties with the people in this land, I told you to destroy their heathen altars. Why have you not obeyed? Remember, we already found out God's a jealous God. And I can see why. He's the only one. People are worshiping a piece of wood. And we probably would have done the same thing. And in a sense, you know, when we claim our God don't do anything today, yeah, but Richard, my tooth is killing me. It's hurting and I, I just believe that, you know, sometimes God's going to use this toothache to make me a better Christian. You, you don't think he'd take care of your toothache? Now, look, I know pain. <laughs> I know when i got to travel to. Richard, you got to travel somewhere. I'm like, oh, please, Lord. I'm safe in the name of Jesus. It's so funny. Once I'm starting to travel, I'll hear a story about 737 crashed in Cuba, <laughs> killing all passengers. <laughs> what am I going to do? I'm trusting the Lord God to get me from point A to point B, you know. Praise the Lord. And he'll do the same thing for you. All right. And since now you've broken the contract, it's no longer in effect. I no longer promise. Look at that. I no longer promise to destroy the nations. I mean, why should I? 
You don't trust me anymore living in your land. Rather, they'll be thorns in your sides, and their gods will be a constant temptation to you. Okay. Wow. And that's what, that's what Moses told him. Well, the people broke into tears as the angel finished speaking. So the name of the place was called, well, that's a fake. No, why did they name the place this? The place where the people wept. Well, they got on the ball. They offered sacrifices to the Lord. When Joshua finally disbanded the armies of Israel, now he's already passed away, but he's still, they're, they're just saying, when he told everybody they can go on home, Joshua, the man of God, died at 110. Remember, we read that. Was buried at the edge of the property here, 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 here. Okay. The people remained true to the Lord throughout Joshua's lifetime. We heard that. Okay. Okay, look what happens here. Uh, uh, as long as the old men and generation were living, those who had seen the mighty miracles the Lord had done for Israel. Okay, excuse me. Skip down here. But finally, that generation died. Oh, no. The next generation did not worship Jehovah as their God, did not care about the mighty miracles Israel had, uh, that he had done for Israel. That's the reason we practice around here. We go, oh, praise the Lord, that happened. This happened. This happened. Okay. They did many things that the Lord expressly forbidden, including the worship of heathen gods. They abandoned Jehovah. They loved and worshiped their, uh, the God. And excuse me, they abandoned Jehovah, the God loved and worshipped by their ancestors, the God who had brought them out of Egypt. Instead, they were worshiping and bowing low to the idols of the neighboring nations. So the anger of the Lord flamed out against Israel. He left them to the mercy of, oh my gosh. Wow. So you see, it was their fault. For they departed from Jehovah and were worshiping Baal and the Ashtoreth idols. Okay. So now the nation of Israel went to battle against the enemies, but the Lord blocked their path. Now, wait a minute. What about us? We're still more than conquerors. We're not turning our back on Jesus, right? We're going to stay with him. So no matter what you face, what you're going through, you're more than a conqueror. But look what they did. He warned them about this. In fact, he vowed he'd do it. But when the people were in terrible plight, the Lord raised up judges, hence the book of Judges, from their enemies. Now notice what they did. You know, anyway, even, uh, yet even then, Israel would not listen to the judge, but they finally broke faith again. They'd go back to their stupid ways. So now we're going to see these stories, and they only last uh, for about... Uh, 300, 200, 300 years, something like that. How quickly they turned away from the true faith of their ancestors. They refused to obey God's command. Each judge rescued the people of Israel from their enemies throughout his lifetime. For the Lord was moved with pity by the groanings of his people under their crushing oppressions. You know, this tells me today, if I'm having terrible times, man, I can get out. Praise the Lord. He helped them as long as that judge lived. But when that judge died, like Samson, say you say, the people turned from doing right, behaved even worse than their ancestors. They prayed, oh, what did I think? I think they, let's see, read what it says. Yeah, they prayed to the stupid heathen gods again, throwing themselves in the ground in humble worship. Oh, how dumb. They stubbornly returned to the evil customs of the nations around them. The anger of the Lord would flame out against Israel again. He declared, because the people have violated the treaty I made with their hands, I will no longer drive out the nations unconquered by Joshua when he died. See, they had the promised land. Now they're going to lose it. Okay. Anyway, instead, I will use these nations to test my people whether they obey the Lord as, as their ancestors did. So the Lord left those nations in the land, didn't drive them out, nor did he let Israel destroy them. But now he, he would if they would serve the Lord. Now here goes the first one. Here's a list of the nations that the Lord left in the land to test the generation of Israel who had not experienced the wars of Canaan. For God wanted to give them opportunity to the youth to exercise faith and obedience in conquering their enemies. Okay? The Philistines, Canaanites, Sidonians, the Hivites living in this place, this place. These people were to test the new generation of Israel to see whether or not they would obey the Lord's commands given to them through Moses. Now, some people go, yes, see the Lord, will give you a test. No, no, you didn't read the history. These clowns already said, we don't want anything to do with God. And so God said, okay, we're going to leave Tennessee and Georgia and Mississippi 
and Florida, all around Alabama, and we're going to see what you do, you know. Well, of course, these guys finally were, we can't do nothing, we need you. And they would cry out to the Lord, and he'd get them out. Okay, so Israel lived among the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites. Remember, they got their stupid gods. Amorites, Jebusites, remember, they made slaves of Israel again. Instead of destroying them, the people of Israel intermarried. Oh, I want to marry these people. The young men of Israel took their girls as wives. The Israeli girls married their men. Soon Israel was worshiping their idols. So the people of Israel were very evil. Like I said, throwing their kids to the fire. It's human sacrifice and a lot of other things. They turned against Jehovah their God and they worshiped Baal. Okay, anyway. The anger of the Lord flamed out against Israel. He let king, now look at this. Watch, here's history. He let this king, Kushan, whatever, of eastern Syria conquer them. They were under his rule for eight years. Think about that, eight years, torment. But when Israel cried out to the Lord, you know what's going to happen. He gave them Caleb's nephew, Othaniah. Remember, he was the one that married his da- that daughter, okay. To save them, the Spirit of the Lord took control of him. He reformed and purged Israel so that when he led the forces of Israel against the army of this guy, the Lord helped them. Now, what do you mean? Per- he said, get rid of all them stupid idols. We've had enough of this. We've been getting our tails kicked. Get rid of those idols. Everybody hear me? And they did. They got rid We're going to serve the Lord. Then they would blow them out of the water. They were conquerors, boy. Anyway, then for 40 years, think about it, eight years torment. And all of a sudden, 40 years. Praise the Lord like a whole generation. Look at that. But when this guy died, oh, brother, man, they all turned again to their sinful ways. And and so God helped king this guy of Moab to conquer part of Israel at that time. Allied with him, the armies of the Ammonites and the Amalekites, these forces defeated Israel, took possession of Jericho for the next 18 years. Now they're in trouble. They're paying these terrible taxes. Oh, God just did that on purpose. God was trying to test them. No, he wasn't. They started worshiping idols again. But when they cried to the Lord, he sent them, look at that word, a Savior. I thought Jesus is a Savior. Oh, but he only takes you to heaven, though. Do you know the word Jesus actually means Savior? We limit him. He can just take me to heaven. That's all he can do. Oh, please, don't do that to Jesus. He'll take care of back taxes. There's a story in there about that. He'll take care of your health. He'll take care of your food. Take care of your clothes. Boy, he'll he'll take care of you. Anyway, so anyway, Israel had to pay. Oh, excuse me. This is a great story. Watch this. We're going to run out of time. Well, let's stop. Uh, The Lord sent them this guy. Why? Because they cried. And when you realize I got to have help, I I need help. He'll help you. This guy was left-handed. Now, he was a Benjamite. Ehud was the name chosen to carry Israel's annual tax, so he's carrying the money to this other king. Before he went on this journey, he made himself a double-edged sword, dagger, 18 inches long, hid it in his clothing, strapped it against his right thigh. We'll stop after the story. Anyway, after delivering the money to King Eglin, who, by the way, was very fat. Well, that's not very Christian-like. We're talking history here. Who cares? It's history. This is helping us, Okay. People are so offended, you know. <gasps> he just has, what do we say? He has a, uh, oh, you know, we make fun of it now, you know. Eating disorder. He has a weight problem. We don't want to, uh, please, let's just keep going. This guy was fat, okay? He started home again, but outside the city of the quarries of Gilgal, he sent his companions and said, hey, I need to go back and talk to this king. All right, here we go. Watch this. I have a secret message for you. 
the king immediately dismissed all, dismissed all that were with him so that he could have a private interview. Well, Ehud walked over to him, and as he was sitting in the cool upstairs room, he said, it's a message from God. King Eglon, you know, the fat guy, he stood up at once to receive it, and whereupon Ehud reached beneath his robe with his strong left hand. He grabbed, and what did he do? Pulled out the double-edged blade, dagger strapped against his right thigh, plunged it deep into his belly. Well, we don't need any more details. We're going to get some more details. Watch this. The hilt of the dagger disappeared beneath the flesh. The, the fat closed over as its entrails oozed out. Ooh. Leaving the dagger there, Ehud locked the doors behind him and he escaped across an uh, upstairs porch. When the king's servants returned and saw the doors were locked, they waited, thinking perhaps he was using the bathroom. Okay. Uh, but when after a long time he didn't come out, they were concerned they got a key. They opened the door. They found the master dead on the floor. Meanwhile... Ehud had escaped past the quarries of Seir, or wherever that is. When he arrived in the hill country of Ephraim, he blew a trumpet to call to arms and mustered an army under his command. Follow me, he told them, for the Lord has put your enemies, the Moabs, at your mercy. No, wait a minute. It might not. No, wait a minute. Nothing. Jesus will always cause you to overcome. And let's stop here. Look at this. Then the army proceeded to seize the fords of the Jordan River near Moab, preventing anyone from crossing. They attacked the Moabites, killed 10,000 of the strongest, most skillful of their fight. Look at that. I don't care how big, how bad they were. You're going to blow them away. Praise the Lord. David wrote later, what can man do to me? You know, the Lord's on my side. Who do you think these guys are? And David would say, I don't care if all nations come against me. I'm going to win. <laughs> That's right. You know, David, David, Captured an army one time, and all the men had gathered their idols. And David ordered them. I remember I, I, I discussed this last week. What it was, oh, David ordered all those idols burned. See, they were going to go. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, David said, "Burn that thing." <laughs> all right. Well, why? So that this would take place. Get rid of those darn idols. We don't need them. Okay. So Moab was conquered by Israel that day, and the land had peace for the next. Look at that. Eighty years. So what do we have? We had an eight-year horror spot. And then all of a sudden we had 40 years of great stuff. And then trouble hit again. But this guy here took him for 80 years. Praise the Lord. But you know what's going to happen. After he dies, they're all going to go, Well, I like my lucky rabbit foot. And I think it's okay to have zen. And I love that whatever. We got crap like that going on today. Well, I just can't make it without my horoscope. I wouldn't do that. I'd get away from that. You know, praise the Lord. Anyway, the next judge after that was Shamgar. He killed, look at that. Look at this. We're going to stop. I promise. Watch this. He once killed 600 Philistines with an ox goat and saved Israel from disaster. Praise the Lord. Wow. Mm. Samson's coming up soon, but we're going to stop here. <clears throat> Father, we just thank you for your word today. We, just, we get it, Lord. Praise the Lord. We're going to serve you. You're going to take care of us. We're just not worried. Well, Lord, if we're not feeling good today, you'll take care of that. You're the, you created our bodies. You can fix them. And Father, same thing's true financially. If we're hurting financially, you'll fix that. Praise the Lord. And if it's some other problem, not finances, not health, it's just, oh, it's on our heart. we got a problem. We're, fa we're looking to you. We're not looking to anybody else. Lord, get us out. And that doesn't leave anything left for us to have our own personal historians and write these things down, and we'll tell all the people we know that you did it for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, okay. Yeah, amen. Praise the Lord.